Good morning. This is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Elliot Munn, and I am the pastor here at the Virgins Congregational Church. Know that whoever you are, wherever you are, you are welcome in our open and affirming congregation. Please rise and body or spirit to join me in our call to worship. Prepare the way. Deck the halls and light the candles. Prepare the way. Open the doors and sing a song of hope. Prepare the way. Make space in our hearts for a new kind of love. Christ is coming. Prepare the way. Please join me in a prayer of confession. Creator God, not a day goes by when you do not invite us to be peacemakers and advocates, listeners and good Samaritans. Not a day goes by when we are not asked to be a friend to a stranger and a neighbor to those in need. Not a day goes by when we are not asked to be the people you call us to be. And yet, day after day, we lose sight of your hope for this world. 
Forgive us for walking a different path and grant us the strength to prepare a new way, your way here. Gratefully, we pray. Amen. Beloved, in the eyes of God, you are whole, you are complete, you are forgiven. Let us welcome others with open arms, just as we have been embraced by God. Amen. On the second Advent Sunday, we light two candles. We come to the season with those precious to us, gifts of peace God has unwrapped in our lives, family or friend, near or distant, living or remembered. We light a candle of our deepest hopes. All right, that light one.
candle for the peace we have learned. from one or more whom we trust. Isaiah, the prophet, looks to a time when people who walk in uncertainty will hold hands and walk forward with God's starlight to guide. Emmanuel, God be with us in the week to come. Touch a flame of hope and peace on the wick of our lives so that we may shine all around us. Amen. first uh, scripture reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 11 verses 1 through 10 and can be found in the Pew Bible and on page 558. <clears throat> a shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the, <clears throat> the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwellings shall be glorious. Uh, the second reading is Matthew. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, on page 784. 
In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable, unquenchable fire. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Over the years, I've met several people who identify as tree huggers. They love the woods and appreciate the trees as fine pieces of art. In addition to showing their physical affection for trees, they are willing to put their bodies on the line to protect them, perhaps even chain themselves to the trunk to keep it from falling prematurely. And you know what? I can understand their point of view. Spend a little time in an old-growth forest, and the majesty of the trees just radiates holiness. It's a shame to see them come down. But growing up in Maine and now living here in Vermont, I have yet to meet a person who proudly calls themselves a stump hugger. Have you met any stump huggers? Yeah. When we look at stumps, we see blemishes on the land. They are constant reminders of the way things were. Where a proud tree once stood, there is a flattened stub. Even if we miss a particular tree, few of us cherish its stump when it's gone. If you Google tree stump, you will find all sorts of websites with ways to remove stumps. 
They read as tactical guides, as way to expel foreign invaders. Some of the top suggestions include pouring Epsom salt on the stump, burning it with kerosene, or my favorite, covering it with a black trash bag for a few months until it rots. Then you can, of course, physically remove it by digging it out, pulling it out with a tractor, or grinding it down with those really cool, have you seen any of these videos with these super cool uh, stump cutters and they just, dip, they just grind right down into the dirt and it just, it's as if the whole tr stump turns to dust. If you keep working your way down the list, eventually you're gonna be able to get rid of that stump. Now the challenge and beauty of stumps <laughs> uh, are that they, is that there's still life in those roots, right, long after the tree is gone. And so in my online searching, I, I did find a website that offered some ways to cultivate, cultivate a new tree from a stump. Give it some time, and of course it will begin to sprout some new shoots. Now, the key is to weed out the smaller ones as the larger one grows, and eventually it'll get big enough so it'll overtake the others and they won't grow anymore. And then you have a chance of a new tree to grow up from the stump. It's, it's not a foolproof technique. Apparently, it doesn't work very well with hardwoods, maples, oaks. But it is possible to prepare the way for a new tree to come from a stump. The season of Advent is a penitential one that draws us to the imagery of the stump. It is a time of reflecting on life and reforming broken relationships with God and with one another. The prophet Isaiah was not afraid to speak very directly about God's judgment and God's imploring us to repent. He casts a vision in which the entire nation is one tree, and there is no tiptoeing around the fact that that tree must fall. Now, this is the nation of Judah, and it's facing a sure defeat from strangers or stronger bordering nations in the eighth century. And he's talking about this nation as a tree that's coming down. And all that is important enough to survive is the stump. It is from an ugly stump that God will bring forth a new creation. In this nation doomed because of its inept politicians, Isaiah promises a new shoot of leaders from the old line of Jesse, father of King David. He extols the virtues of the new leader, wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and reverence of God. This new leader will rule with equity, righteousness, and faithfulness. They draw on the roots, the essential lifeblood of the tradition to bring a reign of peace. 
At the time, those hearing this text would have believed this referred to a new king to rule the old kingdom. Christians have interpreted this passage for centuries as a reference to Christ's coming reign without end. Both hope for a new world of peace to come from a stump. In this passage, as is so often the case in Isaiah, God's harsh judgment and uplifting promises go hand in hand. The judgment is particularly tough pill to swallow. I think this is because so much judgment seems, in our culture, seems to be directed towards people for simply being who they are. On the flip side, we also have a habit of conflating our identities with, you know, our choices. For example, when I was dealing uh, with a mistaken customer service rep a few weeks ago, I lost my cool and found myself accusing her of invalidating my experience as if she had done some irreparable harm to my personhood. (laughs) When she then confronted me with something I had actually done wrong, I was furious because her judgment never acknowledged my side of things. The result of all this, I might add, was simply that I had to wait another 90 minutes for the next bus. No doubt I was overtired and grouchy. But this hair trigger we all carry around identity can make judgment impossible to be heard in good faith. I'm sure that the powers in his time heard Isaiah as a prophet lacking sympathy. Without question, they felt personally attacked for engaging in the sausage-making of political leadership in an uncertain time. Certainly, it was easy for him to say God wanted them to repent. He wasn't in their position. And yet, the truth is that repentance has always been personal. To borrow the words of Luther, we are both justified and a sinner at the same time. There is a sense of loss in turning away from some of our most harmful behaviors because they are intertwined with our sense of who we are. Letting God cut us, cut us down to the stump requires a certain amount of vulnerability that most of us can scarcely imagine. But when we do repent, it prepares the way for God's peace to flourish within us. We aren't ready to pounce all the time because we are no longer fighting an inner war to justify ourselves or our position. We can simply be with others and extend grace to them because we have received grace from God in Christ. From the stump, a new life springs. And God invites us into an ecosystem of peace where lions and calves lie side by side. And I think Isaiah is right when he claims the holy seed is its stump. Amen.
sprouting from a weather-worn stump, your goodness surprises us, giving a foretaste of promises yet in store. We wait for the coming of the Christ child, Emmanuel, God with us, in eager anticipation of the promises of your reign of peace, a new beginning freed from power games, violence, and fear filled with justice and righteousness. As a gift of grace, you give us this vision of hope. You see us fully as we are, broken people living in a broken world. But you don't leave us to suffer alone. We pray this day for this nation and for all nations, remembering especially those who are victims of political and social injustice and violence. We pray for elected officials and all leaders that they will govern with courage and equity. Merciful God, we pray for all in need, for the sick, the destitute, the dying, for strangers in our land, for the invisible ones, for the elderly and children, for parents and grandparents, for those who live alone and who live lonely. We remember with mercy those who sleep without shelter, cold and vulnerable, lacking enough food, those who are overworked and those who have no work. Stir in us the capacity to see ourselves in their struggles and to act so that they may have abundant life. We pray for this community, for our neighbors and friends, and for those whom we study, work, and give our time. Guide and strengthen all people in our common life to know the gifts of your grace and love. Generous God, we give you thanks for the delight of this community, for closeness and friendship for perseverance and understanding. And so we celebrate another season of anticipation of your son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Go forth to prepare Christ's way in the world. And go forth with the blessing of our God who glocks with us every step of the way. Amen.